Hey everyone, Matt here and welcome to another exciting episode of Tom and Matt Attack. Uh, this week, Tom is away and I was left to wander the cold hard streets of Copenhagen all alone. Fortunately, the folks at Pressplay took us in and I was able to chat to them about not only Max the Magic Marker and Tentacles Enter the Dolphin, but also their new game coming out soon on Xbox Live, Max Curse of Brotherhood. The audio is a little spotty in places, but that's our fault. We were testing out some new equipment, but it's still audible and it should still be a great listen. Enjoy. sunny in Denmark. It is very, very warm outside, <laughs> which is cool. It's nice. Uh, so yeah, I'm actually starting a petition to kick Thomas out of the country. So when he comes back, I reckon he'll be ringing. So for the next time you hear him, take an umbrella. Anyways, in his place, I'm at uh, Press Play in Copenhagen. Wonderful studio responsible for Tentacles, Enter the Dolphin, and of course, Max the Magic Marker, and now of course, Max and the Curse of Brotherhood. Guys, if you want to introduce yourselves, that'd be great. You yeah. can do it better than I can. <laughs> okay, I can start. My name is uh, Mikkel Martin Peterson, and I'm the lead designer of Max the Curse of Brotherhood. Okay. My name is uh, Mikkel Thorsted, and I'm the game director on Max the Curse of Brotherhood. Cool. And I'm Ole. I'm uh, Ole Talbjerg, and I'm the director of the Tentacles. Faces. Cool. Um, yeah, it's nice to meet you guys. <laughs> Nice to have you. Curse of Brotherhood was one of the highlights of Microsoft showing this year at E3. Uh, tell us about it. What do you think has changed from the original one? Obviously, there's a different art style and there's different mechanics to it. What can we expect from the game? Uh, hopefully, a lot. I think you can expect a lot. Uh, the, if, if we look at the original Max and the Magic Marga, which is which was sort of like the first game we really did and we were proud about, and people were were like they. It pretty much put us on the map back then, Max yeah. uh, and the Magic Marker. Max, the Curse of Brotherhood is sort of like it's everything everything we we learned from our first game, but it's also everything we learned from from being a game studio for the last seven years. We we have really tried to to get it's basically a whole other level of of quality the the game, uh, but also like this. The genre of the game has has changed quite a lot. We, okay. as I, I think, in many ways, we, we try to keep what we really liked about the first game. So we, we very much like the Max as a character. The the idea of having a magic marker that can change the the the, the game environment and having like a creative sense in the game. But so so so. That part of the genre is the same, but we're trying to open up, making making it like a much more like adventure-like kind of game. Uh, we have much more story, we have a much much richer universe. We have uh, 
I think the word you're looking for is like it's a much more immersive uh, <laughs> game experience. Uh, yeah. experience yeah. And and the whole mechanic of, of drawing has changed quite a lot as well. We've we've really made it into a mechanic that can do a lot of things. It's not just this draw a physical line anymore. Now we now we have like a mechanic that's much more evolved and and it's evolving throughout the game as well. Yeah, when you look at when you look at footage <coughs> from the game, you can see that we have gone from like this flat two D world to a more three D world with with depth uh, and one of the things that we pretty early in the development of the game realized was that drawing a line is kind of odd in a 3d world because mm. how is that gonna look uh, and we also had this idea that we wanted more than just like this stiff uh, form that you could draw we wanted to have like more materials have more more you can say more gameplay out of the stuff that you can draw and manipulate yeah, definitely. And uh, so, in so in the game now, you can uh, you can draw uh, earth pillars. Uh, you can you can raise earth pillars from the ground. You can draw branches. You can draw vines. You can draw water. You can draw fire, and and a lot of the the new fun uh, puzzling that comes out of that is on uh, you can say understanding how these mechanics work and how they interact with each other. But cool. I. I, I I think curiosity is a, is a very important factor throughout the game. It's like curiosity to how is this universe of Max is getting to this parallel universe where he has to save his brother. Yeah. And it's changing all the time, like the sceneries and so on. So you're very like curious about, so what is this place? What is going on in the, in the story world? But you're also constantly experimenting with the abilities you have and also the fact that you're getting new. So you're, con you're constantly like curious about what do I do now? How, how do I manage my new powers? And uh, I think it's to just like a driving force throughout the game. Cool. To, 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 to give an example, the, the branches you draw, you can set them on fire and bring that fire with you. Or just, just an example of yeah, how exactly. these powers interact. And I think that's really mm. where the heart of this core mechanic lies. Ah. That's great. That's really cool. Um, and for those at home, don't worry, you're not going to actually have to draw a realistic branch. There's points. <laughs> actually within the game that use different markers right and then you draw yeah. from there that's another thing we have we have changed in the game that you don't have you can say we have with with these greater powers because they are greater than the, the stuff you draw now is, is more powerful than what you drew in in the original max uh but we have also wanted to make the game feel tight when, okay. when we do the puzzles the puzzling should be more tight than it was in the first game and to do that, we have sort of made these fixed points we call ink pools where you draw from. Okay. And this has enabled us to make more interesting puzzles, basically. Cool. Because, I mean, you know, you said the, the puzzle mechanics in the first one, they were pretty full on. I mean, you know, there's times where I'm actually playing it and it's just full of aha moments, you know, where you're just there and, like, you've been building staircases the entire time, or at least for me anyways. <laughs> and I'm just like... I could just put a little bit off this line and then use it as a line. <laughs> yeah, but you but you you're hitting your what you're mentioning there is exactly one of the things that we wanted to take further. You can basically we had like this that's drawing staircases was a, the solution of many of the puzzles in the yeah. first game and we wanted to make it more interesting than that. Yeah. Uh, and that is what we have been doing with with Max the Curse of Brotherhood. Okay. Yeah, I think it's actually been one of our one of our rules. We we've, we've been following a, f a few rules uh, and one of them is don't draw staircases, <laughs> which is like the gameplay cannot be fitly and fitly for us is, is like, you know exactly what you have to do, but it's just like drawing this precise thing and moving Max to that spot. Just yeah. that doesn't have to, 
it can be frustrating at all. Okay. Not allowed to. <laughs> so 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 we actually been cutting a lot of. But it will still be possible to. It's still yeah. possible to draw a branch and shape it like a stack is. So, yeah. so <laughs> you and can it do it. Or something enough. else. Yeah. Or something <laughs> else. Or something completely <laughs> different. And, and the fact is, you can't draw the branch anywhere. Yeah. Which, yeah. You, which you would have been able to do in the in the first game. You, you yeah, would be able to draw anywhere. Now you have to draw from specific points, which just totally makes it possible for us to create much better puzzles. Much yeah. more interesting. From what I've seen of the game, it definitely shows <coughs> too. Uh, you were showing me a mechanic where you can actually cut a branch so you can get that to drop and then creates a bridge for yourself uh, on top of another pillar which you can then rise and then jump on and stuff kind of in a similar way i guess to the way that you kind of use the surfboard lines in the first game and just that idea <laughs> of dropping things on water puzzles and then jumping on them kind of thing it looked really cool I, yeah. honestly i can see the scope of it just from a brief example of it just being a really cool gameplay mechanic and the physics seem on with it as well you know like there's no you cutting something and then it flying off screen it drops like you expect a branch to which is always nice yeah, yeah. i think it's gonna be <laughs> i'm extremely excited to, to, to see what people actually think when they play it because it in many ways it's sort of like i can't come up with any other game that does what we're doing in, in, yeah. in a in a similar way on the other hand we also like it is a platforming game. We kind of know the adventure genre as, as we are in story-wise and so on. So it's sort of like mixed between something that we know extremely well, but, but also adding in some features that 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 is quite new, I would say. Yeah. No, and I mean, that's very apparent to me <coughs> off. I mean, I've seen Mikkel you talking about it in other interviews, how you kind of wanted to have like an 80s action movie, kind of Spielberg, Goonies feel to it all. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's. I think very much from from the very beginning we've been okay. If we need to to do like a uh, what can you say like a sort of sequel to Maximum Magic Marga, it is more like a reboot. We we call it, but we we're like we need to do something where we really make this an adventure that that we would like ourselves and, yeah. and sort of like think a lot of times we're saying the '80s, but it's sort of like the adventures that we grew up with in the sense that you, you just We'll never forget those, and it's, they, they made a huge impression, and, and I think that counts pretty much for all of us. Some of, some of the things when, when we mention Goonies and <coughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark, which are what, what they do so, so really, really well, is have this roller coaster ride that just basically starts from the beginning of the movie and then don't let mm. go until the yeah. end of the movie. And in Raiders of the Lost Ark, of course, you have like the Ark that you are chasing, and the Nazis are chasing it, and everybody's chasing it. And in the Goonies, you have like the treasure, and 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 basically what what we're doing with with uh, Max: The Curse of Brotherhood is we are sort of very very quickly setting off this uh, chase uh, story thing where you have to save your little brother, mm -hmm. and everybody wants the brother, and uh, then it's just you know, then you have to go to uh, uh, what's called fire and water to, uh, to get him uh, back, and you uh, you're going on a great <laughs> adventure. Uh. So uh, uh, I, I think another I think another aspect of it is also like the choice of having Max, who's a young boy, being being the hero, like he's sort of like the unlikely hero who's facing something that's like way bigger than himself, and and uh, he has to sort of like man up and become yeah, a real hero, even though he's 
He's, <laughs> he's just a small guy. He's cool. Yeah, and another thing I want to, to highlight is I, I really, really think that... <laughs> another thing. Another thing. <laughs> no, but I think, I think the whole concept of Max, what, what is really, really so compelling about it is that you don't have uh, you don't have a character that is uh, wielding a two-hand sword or using a Uzi or something like yeah. that to battle enemies. You have like this really, really vulnerable boy and uh, the only uh, weapon he has is uh, a magical marker yeah that is in itself not very lethal and of course he can draw stuff with it yeah. but the stuff he draws are not very lethal either so in order to overcome enemies and dangers and obstacles max has to use his uh, creativity and his uh, he basically just have to be smart and that is uh, as, a, as a as a league game designer that is really really challenging and really really fun to do to have like this challenge that you cannot just use brute force to to fight your way through a game but you actually have to be clever yeah definitely and i mean there's this overarching narrative on top of things that uh, games that this kind of reminds me of in the past like a boy in his blob on the nes back in the day and heart of darkness heart of darkness is definitely a, a huge inspiration as well yeah definitely but without the brutal deaths i'd imagine but we do have we actually uh, <laughs> actually we have uh, we have a lot of boosters for Max in this game okay. as well. We uh, we have uh, the game is rated uh, ten plus twelve twelve is it or oh, ten? <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. I think it's ten. We got a, a ten rating. Okay. ESRB. Oh, ten plus. That's right. But uh, ten plus, yeah. So uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, it, it's yeah it's more mature you can say in that approach as I well. We we yeah. we need to make the world feel like it's dangerous. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Not, I mean, and and that means Max has to die. It's not we're not the we're not going down down the limbo path where we sort of like see him impaled through the head <laughs> by a spider no, yeah. kind of stuff. It's not gory or anything like that, but but there is definitely violence in the in the so so He's being chewed up and he's being eaten by monsters and yeah. dragged <coughs> by tentacles into the ground and he's and drowning and there's stuff like like I mean. Yeah, yeah. So like we, we want we want the players who care for Max and we also want him to, to feel that there's real danger in the world and we can't really do that if we if we don't allow like the world to be dangerous. Yeah, yeah. The, the basically yeah. the world has to be dangerous. I mean that's part of the, the fun and the part of going on adventure. That's also that it's dangerous. And of yeah. course it instills that gravity in the narrative then as well that he's not just kind of falling off an edge and then doing the Mario thing of him springing back up like oops I died no no yeah. he won't be doing that no. and there's in the game there's no like health bar so when if, if you what die if you die yeah you're, you're dead uh, just to add another add another thing I mean that, that's that's like one of the big changes is also like the whole cinematic sort of approach to, to the game very much trying to we don't have what you we had in the first game we, do, we don't really have Gooey elements. We don't have uh, end up level uh, adding up stats kind of thing. We we just kind of want to focus on this being a story and a and a game and not interfere with any like meta kind of stuff. Yeah. In there. Okay. But uh, but that said, it's not like we're trying to do something where where this is like an art game or anything like that. It's more like we really want the player to uh, to feel that this is. Just yeah. to have a solid experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. In some ways, you yeah. could actually say it's like back to old school. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, definitely. it's a, it's it's a simple liner level development we have in the game, and the progression is straightforward. Uh, 
but it's just a really really good ride basically cool uh, if there are these debts and stuff then will there be a checkpoint system implemented i doubt it's like the original max mm. right where like you die you go back to the start of the yes level. no which is something I'm very thankful for in Tentacles, by the way. That end boss. Oh my god. <laughs> just trying to get the swing right of ducking. It's just a rhythm game at that point. Yeah, tentacles. definitely. <laughs> but like, you know, it kind of goes into that level where it's like kind of bullet hell almost, where you just like, you just like hit a thing and you just get waves of like six <laughs> missiles at you and just kill you. Like, oh, I've got one eyeball off it. <laughs> Oh, we in, in Max we're generous with the checkpoints. Okay, that's it's cool. It's like a checkpoint system you can't see since checkpoints would fall in the category of being sort of meta yeah. to, to the world. Okay. So uh, so it's just like where where the last challenge was is where you start again. Yeah, okay. yeah basically it's like you, you solve a puzzle or a challenge and then there's a checkpoint. Okay. The so philosophy is... No, exactly. And the philosophy is also that if you have solved the puzzle, it's not that entertaining to solve it again, maybe. Yeah, especially like 10 times if you can't. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's why we are pretty generous with the, okay. the checkpoints. Cool. Mm. Yeah, uh, my guess then, as we're running short on time, we should talk about Tentacles, End of the Dolphin. Sure. Which is <laughs> a fantastic, fantastic game. Uh, I played it again yesterday. I didn't play the DLC because I saw that like at 11. I was <laughs> like, ah, I didn't realize there was DLC for it. But yeah just a great game i talked about it briefly with you guys before and just the simple idea of just this tentacle where did that come from did one of you have like a stomach upset or something one day and just like this thing's inside me i need to get it out no it's uh, it was uh, it's a it's a very old prototype i did in flash many years ago okay and then it's sort of we had a number of different iterations on it we were, uh, for, for a while we tried to make it a racing game and for a while we, we tried to make it a very very slow thinky puzzling game okay. and uh, we just did it over and over again and then we ended up giving a few guys one month to prove this should be fun and it was fun when they came back after one month this is it okay now we know the pacing and that was all it was it was finding the right pacing and that with that core mechanic because that didn't change much yeah uh, so the, the core mechanic was in place first then, uh, as yeah. I imagine it would have been with Max, right? Yeah, that's pretty much how we develop all our games. Uh, we start off with somebody coming up with a very small mechanic and uh, it's sort of, uh, it is polished until we think this is it. This Now we see the potential and then we build from there. So we call this, uh, we call it mechanic driven development. Okay. It seems to be a cool thing though that uh, I particularly like about first place games is that these mechanics never feel like they've been overused you know you never reach a point where the games are just the right length that you're not like oh, okay i'm doing this again and mm. it's just just nice things you know there's just so much variety in levels and scope for the gameplay that it's never a fixed thing of just like as you said earlier like i didn't really mind drawing that many staircases i <laughs> making a gazebo so i could go under the rain you know it, it's a cool thing where you're just like, ah, this is what I do this time. And it kind of makes you, in a way, kind of like makes you feel like you're cheating the game, even though that's the gameplay mechanic itself. It gives you that kind of like, ah, I've got one <laughs> kind of feeling yeah. to it. I, I think regarding the first Max and Magic Marga, I, I, I think we overused that. And, and uh, I mean, but, but I think I, one of the learnings. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's very nice to hear your, your <laughs> opinion on it. And, 
and uh, I mean, I think one of the good things are we are really aware of, of what what we do, and we really try to to do it better every time. So, yeah. so and and one of the things is definitely that we don't want to make repetitive games. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think actually so. Max Max, which we are, which we are about to finish, uh, was at one stage twice as long as it is now. And we've just basically been going through the game and saying, is this a puzzle? Is this something you have seen before? Then we can only have it once. Okay. So just uh, making it a more streamlined experience. Yeah. But also to, in to really. yeah, condensed, but also to ensure that, that there's a constantly something new for the player. That's correct. So, uh, yeah. I think you put and it very well when you said each level has to, oh, every time you, you, you get a new power, you need to still be hungry for the power you just got. Yeah. yeah I mean, so, so you're like, yeah. so the player needs to be hungry at all times, pretty much for getting more of what, what they already have. But, but we're just adding new, even yeah. though they're not <laughs> full yet. Yeah, you can actually say that we were talking <laughs> about like having this principle that it's actually better to, to leave the player hungry yeah. than to leave him full. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, obviously, like in Max, you have a small boy who is solving puzzles at the start because of the things he's drawn have come to life and he feels he needs to do with that deal with that and obviously he says this incantation which gets his brother stolen away i mean obviously in tentacles there's kind of a, a level of gray area whether you should be rooting for yeah 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 your <laughs> character or not i mean obviously like at the end of the day uh professor fluff which is the best name ever i looked at it, it was just like dolphin it was like amazing <laughs> Uh, the fact that he was trying to create this happy octopus thing and what he creates instead is this monstrosity that like even when you're using the mechanic of the tentacles it feels very much alive that it's just gonna like jump out of the iPad and wriggle around <laughs> and yeah and, but obviously like you are playing this thing and I mean it's kind of that same emotion evoked by uh, Thomas was alone recently of just it being something more than it is and you get an emotional attachment and even though you should be rooting for fluff and just seeing the horrible things he's doing to himself because this thing is just <laughs> inflicting this damage on him in fact uh, dr fluff started out as being way more evil but yeah. as we developed the game we sort of all started liking him and we and it just for some reason became more and more compelling yeah uh, yeah it wasn't really the intention to start off with just ended that way Okay, I kind of, to be honest, I kind of expected there to get to a point where you'd go inside him and there would be some like evil dolphin controlling him, and that's why he had this surgery <laughs> to get a dolphin head. If he doesn't, is it that he had surgery to get a dolphin head? Yeah, yeah, or? yeah. Oh, at least that's our backstory. That right. um, at some point he was in uh, in Cuba, yeah, with Castro, and yeah. they they will help each other. He got a dolphin head out of it. Okay, and now he has this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know how clearly it tells in, in the game, but it's it's the kind of thing we discuss in our office. Okay. What happened before the game? Yeah, someone <laughs> first play really like dolphins, or no? It was um, the the idea with dolphins came up on the way home from the GDC in two thousand and ten. I think Rona and I were were yeah we desperately needed to to get some funding for the game, and uh, we needed to come up with a backstory okay. <laughs> that would sort of seem semi plausible with the Danish Film Institute. We were, whom we were hoping for get some initial funding from yeah. and we only had one day to do it so we came home we had like a few days and we came up in the, in the airplanes okay we have 
eight hours to Copenhagen and uh, we need to come up with something that is silly enough <laughs> and we'll work with this game mechanic. And that's how it came to, came about. So you're just in the back of the car going, people like dolphins, dolphins, <laughs> give them a wink. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Cuba, yes, politics, get that in there. No, oh, we, we have tried all sorts of different things where, because it's so obvious to, to make him an octopus, that yeah. uh, the guy, but he was yeah, just more fun with um, something more of a blob with three tentacles and claw. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, the difficulty level towards the end of the game is no laughing matter, you know. No, just I, I know. I, I think, I think it, it ended up being too hard in the end. Oh, but I, I think with a lot of gamers that that really resonates, that it has this kind of like, even though there's some brutal things, we like Dr. Flop sticking that electrode <laughs> past his eye and things. You know, it, there is that appreciation that uh, a lot of people feel that some games are too easy and... Just mm. having this balance where there is a gradual learning curve where you're learning to control the tentacles. And Lemmy, I believe, is the creature, right? Is yeah, that, yeah, that's his name. And just kind of learning what to do with him and then figuring things out and then just it progressively getting harder and harder. And I mean, the first time you run into the iteration and the end boss is challenging anyway, and then it's just no holds barred. It's just like, okay. Yeah, and then it goes crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's one of the it's actually one of the really hard things in game development for us at least is like finding out what is the what is the right difficulty what what amount of challenge do we want in our games uh, because I mean one thing is when we have like a seven hour game like Nexus we want everybody to see the game but we don't want to give it away either and we so so like finding that right amount of difficulty okay. where, where, where we sort of like we can say. That's true, and and, and you can test all you want to, but in the end, it comes down to a gut feeling of Absolutely. is this is this good enough? Or this hit, does this hit the spot? But it, I think it, it, to me, I think both can work. I mean, it's it's kind of funny you have these games that are really really insanely hard to to finish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they are, it also you know today we have like achievements everywhere. When you play a game, you get achievements. Yeah. But actually, there are games where you just you saying I finished this game. Is like yeah. the greatest achievement you can actually you get, true, and people yeah. will say, "Oh, you finished Ninja yeah. Gaiden." Uh, <laughs> 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 to be honest, like, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast, and like when I've been playing games like Tomb Raider and recently The Last of Us, just like playing the game, and then you just kind of like, "Okay, I'll I'll quit when the achievement pops," and then no achievement popping, and you're just like something's going on here, something's wrong. Or was that the difficulty level wrong? And then. Obviously, you're getting to the stage now where you're getting games make fun of that. Like recently in Activision's Deadpool, they give you one right at the start and this here's one for free. And then there's another one again. And like obviously, things <laughs> like Far Cry, Blood Dragon, mocking this kind of thing. So yeah. it's, it's nice that like the achievements in the game feel fair. There's no achievement you unlock in it that is just for the sake of having an achievement you know they're all things like complete a challenge or beat a boss and stuff and that's a, the way i think achievements should be they should just be like a good on you yeah you did good kind of thing as opposed uh, to oh you fired a gun congratulations you know <laughs> to use the r1 button uh, true. Oh, that's true yeah. but it's also achievement i think the reason why we see achievements like s sprinkled everywhere when you're just playing a game is also because like there's an instant gratification in, in seeing oh, you get something so so I, I think they actually work even though you haven't done anything spectacular yeah. to achieve them 
But there's kind of a reverse to that. I remember reading a book, uh, an excellent book called Drive by a guy called Dan Pink, and he was talking about this kind of instant gratification and how it's kind of like a drug essentially, and you demand it, and when you're not getting it, you kind of feel cheated by not getting mm-hmm. it. Uh, they did a study in a in a uh, I've forgotten what it's called child's nursery kindergarten that's the word I was looking for uh, where they gave to kids uh, who were drawing in their spare time they took them all in like three separate classrooms and they said the first one's like oh draw us a picture so they drew them a picture and that was that second group of kids then they drew a picture and at the end of it they were like oh great cool here's an here's a reward kind of thing bar of chocolate or a certificate I can't remember what it was. <laughs> And then the third group, they said to them before they started out, they said, here, like, if you draw us a picture, we will give you a bar of chocolate. So the kids drew a picture, got a bar of chocolate, went back to the kindergarten. And then they observed these kids for a month afterwards. And they found out that the two groups of the first children, the ones who hadn't got a reward and the ones who got the reward, were still drawing in their spare time. But those who oh. received the bar of chocolate then weren't drawing because there was this expectation <laughs> that if they were going to commit their time to drawing, that they should receive a bar of chocolate. Right, right. And I guess it's that kind of same thing. Well, like I was saying, you know, like I'm not going to stop playing Tomb Raider until I'm achieving pops. And then it doesn't. And it kind of, <laughs> on some weird level, even though you're enjoying the game and it's an immersive experience, <laughs> you feel that you've been cheated by not getting an achievement. It's a weird thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're setting some expectations. By just by having achievements being the common thing today, yeah, you have to live up to that. And I mean, I guess it's kind of setting the bar at the start of the game, right? That if you do get an achievement after the opening cinematic, then you're just like, okay, I'm gonna get achievements pepped along. And I mean, I guess you realize that if you don't get one until you beat a boss, for example, that you're not gonna get one. Mm, yeah, you're teaching the player point. really. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Well, but I. I I think achievement has sometimes been hard for us also to manage because it's it's not the first thing you th- think of when you when you start grading. No, <laughs> it's always honest. always kind of slapped on in the end, right? Yeah, it's, it's or halfway it, through, it, but still, it it's often not is. definitely. Yeah. And, and, and there's a lot of there's a lot of requirements like you have to use this many gamer points and you have to have this sort of achievements and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just like yeah, kind of like boxed in how you have to use them and what you have to do and it's. It's just it's hard doing it right, I think. Yeah, uh, I mean, it takes definitely takes effort. For Max, when you get to all the gamer points at the very very end after you finish the game, you get you points. get everything. So we're yeah. sure people will go all the way. Good work. <laughs> oh, but I, we in Max we have uh, I think we have like thirty achievements, something like that. I, and uh, and some of them are for free. You can yeah. say just to get the player to know that there are achievements to be earned. And then some are uh, something that is where you have to do something. Lots of collectibles, mm. lots of doing certain things. Mm. That too, but also yeah, doing doing solving puzzles in special ways and ah, and okay. doing something like extraordinary. Yeah. Hey, so some of, some of like things you have to earn, and others are like uh, I guess you have to earn all of them. But 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 also like we are also giving achievements just to see that the player is committed, yeah. like spending time in there. No, but I actually think yeah. your 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 story about drawing pictures is is really really uh, interesting yeah. because it also I mean I guess we are in a situation today where it's really hard to to do anything else than actually also have achievements sprinkled out throughout the game because your story just 
highlights that that is what the player is expecting. Yeah, mm. I know you kind of touched upon that, like the mechanic from Max is gone, with the idea of like you finish a level, it racks up your score, and then it says if you hit these criteria. Is there kind of a thing like that hidden within the game for achievements then? Like, will there uh, be, uh, like, doing a certain puzzle within a certain uh, length of time? Or? We're definitely, f I mean, we are we're keeping track of all metrics in the game, so we so we, we know a lot about what the player is doing, and, and uh, that is also used, of course, for rewarding the achievements. We, yeah. we do also have, like, we have leaderboards, so there is a, we have, like, a completion percent, which okay. is pretty much everything you can do in the game combined okay. which adds up to a percentage okay. which is i guess what's what's most what 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 the that's the closest thing the player can see to actually to actually seeing status status mm -hmm. okay yeah um. but i mean the coin the 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 call driving force in max <laughs> is the story and yeah. and uh, mm -hmm. the the journey you go on with your met with max as you uh, try to save uh, Felix's little brother. And that's what it seems like from the off, and I think that's why so many people were excited when they saw it in E3. It does look like it's that perfect hand-in-hand -hand of immersive story and immersive mm -hmm. gameplay, which I'm guessing obviously you tried to uh, set out to create. Uh, but uh, but definitely. I think if, if we, for instance, ended up each level with confetti and uh, and uh, all kind of stats <laughs> on what you, what you did, it was sort of like break the whole idea that Max is actually on a oh, dangerous adventure just the flow of like narrative yeah, yeah. So, so i don't think that was we haven't really considered it to be honest no. okay <coughs> cool and before we wrap it up i'll just ask you a few general questions that people just kind of want to know super nintendo or sega mega drive or pc you could be super nintendo for me definitely <sighs> that's a hard one PC probably. PC. Uh, PC. But back in the day, this is what you got to think. You got to get uh, Little Nicholas' mind. Ah, uh, but then back in the day, it will probably also be PC. Okay, fair enough. I'll take Sega then. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Is it kind of was there the same thing? Obviously, like I didn't grow up in Denmark, and uh, the gaming culture here, to be honest, like even though obviously long winters and stuff means that there are a lot of passionate gamers here, and a lot of people like yourselves who go into making games. It doesn't seem ingrained in the everyday culture as much as in places like Britain. I, I don't know why, I just get that general yeah. thing from like, there's not, uh, at least where I'm from in Jutland anyways, there just <laughs> seems to be GameStop and then you can maybe go to Fulner or whatever to buy your games. Was it like an ordeal for you to get games as a kid or was there like everyone had either a, a Super Nintendo or a Mega Drive growing up and that kind of thing instilled from a young age? I, for for me at least, I think I was I was uh, I was pretty much the first mover <laughs> within my friends on on getting all the consoles and uh, everything. I, I was like, yeah, I, I think I, I spent a lot of time dreaming about no consoles <laughs> when, yeah. I was, when I was younger, <laughs> uh, and also yeah, pretty much spent all the money. My very that. first gaming system was like a, a big twenty. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I could or, or even do a little programming on it when I was at the age of ten. Is it one of those deals where you got the book with the programming? Thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're sitting, yeah, typing yeah. all the code in, don't understand anything of it, and then you 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 record it on a on a on a, this uh, tape recorder thing, yeah. and then you just uh, you just hope you have typed everything right, <laughs> and you write uh, what what run. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> and then you just cross your fingers and hope that everything is all right. <laughs> Which <laughs> it was. Uh, but the magic was sitting there and writing this uh, incomprehensible code. Yeah. And then just imagining the the, the, the wonders that you were about to experience <laughs> which which seldom was but well, I mean you know it was the days before internet you know there wasn't video on demand available everywhere I no. guess all you would see in this book if anything was just like one screen grab exactly yeah. ah, I gotta do this and then it's just like oh great I can move them up and down uh, exactly <laughs> actually last like the last the last month I think I, I spent some time looking at old Nintendo games like looking at uh, what do you call it? like a Super Nintendo emulator and looking at all the at old, at old, yeah, all, all old classics and stuff like from memory I guess yeah a, a lot of people who listen to the podcast actually big big retro gamers mm. uh, and I think it's just the fact that we that you can plug in your controller and uh, everything looks like it like it was a Super Nintendo yeah. I, think it, I think it's pretty great cool. for, for me it's been yeah it's just interesting also you look at the old games you see it's it's more obvious how the mechanics are because the games are simpler so so like if you're interested in game mechanics and stuff then then it's a, then it's pretty fun to look at those old games yeah i remember uh, cliff brzezinski uh, from formula of epic being gears of war saying like he learned everything he learned about games design from mario and Mega Man. just those two games just playing them <laughs> yeah uh cool i think that about wraps it up um yeah, if you'd like to plug anything, feel free. Personal Twitter accounts as well, if you really, really want to. If you want to get spammed by people, or <laughs> just add press play on Twitter, I guess. Yeah, add press play on Twitter. That's the best advice. Or the slash press play. Yeah, on press play games. I think press play games. I think I think press play was taken at one, at the time when we made the account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should just post it on, on your Yeah, I'll definitely I'll add it all to the description and chat that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, follow us as usual at TMA Cast on Twitter. Tom won't be back next week, uh, but the week after um, I'll be interviewing a Swedish artist uh, called Bearfire next. And yeah, tweet us up, get us on Facebook, let us know what you think. Uh, tweet the press play guys as well for being so courteous to host us here. And thank you. Until next week, game on. Bye. 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 Bye.